0: The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network.
1: And welcome, wrestling fans, to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at myhousesportsgear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to matttalkonline.com slash ice. Episode 13 of the Ice Hour D3 Wrestling Podcast, Jason Bryant here with you always, and we've got a, uh, I expect a festive show here today as one of the most talked about topics in college wrestling, not just Division three wrestling, but college wrestling in general has been the alignment, or lack thereof. In Division Three, On our call today is Brian Anderson, the head wrestling coach at Wabash College in Crawfordsville, Indiana. Brian Brunk, the head wrestling coach at Messiah out in Pennsylvania. And Tony Valick, assistant wrestling coach at Augsburg here in uh, Minnesota, about 12 minutes from where I sit. And first, first we're going to start with we're going to start with Coach Anderson and just give us a little bit, at least in your perspective, the time frame and uh, the backstory about how the regionals came to pass and uh, and why things should be changed according to uh to many of the coaches' uh, opinions here.
2: Well, Jason, I think um I think a lot of the the coaches in the country right now are viewing um what didn't get passed. um everybody expected. We've been in the regional system now for 4 years. And everybody expected and everybody was told that after year four, uh, changes would come, realignments would be uh, coming and things like that. Um, I think our wrestling committee, they they um, were kind of ran in circles uh, by our championship committee. And when I say that, um, you know, in 2015, the wrestling committee requested additional reps to the championship committee. So all six regions were represented. Uh, the answer from that championship committee was No um later to say yes, but not until September first of twenty seventeen. So a delay there um twenty sixteen April. They proposed alignment to the championship committee. Um too many changes the championship committee said, said they didn't have any coaches feedback. So our our wrestling committee goes and gets the feedback from our our uh, coaches and uh reproposed a a new format um And uh, the interesting stuff is people are looking at uh, there's corruption. There's people pulling strings behind the screens because, um, you know, during that that week um, that the championship committee had time to look it over, make their decisions. um, You know, J.P. Williams, who's kind of our voice for championships in D3, um, he started getting a lot of negative feedback. So there's a lot of linked information, a lot of people going behind the scenes to, you know, put their feedback in and um so it's really turned into a mess. Um that's uh a lot of corruptions looked upon and on, on what's going on um in D three wrestling. The proposal they put down was very more fair and balanced um than the current uh system that we're using and um so people are, are, are upset about that. I've never in my fifteen years of being a college wrestling coach in Division three heard this many coaches up in arms and coming together and, um, you know, so it's it's really disappointing for our sport and for the kids that work so hard to get to the championships every year.
1: Now, before we get into the, the discussion about the alleged corruption here, just give some backstory on how Division III's qualification process works. It used to be, uh, based on historical data, those of you who are fans of uh, NCAA Division I wrestling know that that process where uh, the number of qualifiers was based on a five-year rolling average of, of wrestlers in the round of 12. Division Three also was based on historical data and this is where you'd see conferences, say like the New England Conference with 19 teams, would only get, say, 13 qualifiers, whereas larger, more successful conferences, say like the Iowa Conference, as many re- reviewer as the Big Ten of Division III wrestling, would always get a lot more bids. So that's how the process used to be. And then, again, four years ago, as Coach Anderson alluded to, they went to a regional model, and that is is six regions, 18 qualifiers uh, per weight class. So um, the first thing that was happened is is the – a number of qualifiers was bumped by 10 to 180 to get a nice even 18-man bracket. So then we'd have three wrestlers per weight from uh, from each particular region. So that's how that changed. And then we get into what Coach Anderson was talking about regarding uh, the regional alignments. Now, uh, Coach Brunk, in your situation, you've been in, in regions that there, we've seen teams move around in the last four year cycle, but not wholesale changes. Uh, what's, what's your opinion here on, on the regionalization aspect of it, uh, the fairness of it and, and how it impacts not just your program, but programs, uh, just out there in that East coast where there's a big chunk of the division's membership
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we've, we've been, uh, you know, in, in the regional system, we've been, uh, blessed to have a lot of success at Messiah. So, you know, in the last, Three years, we finished um, twice in the trophies with a third place finish. Two year, uh, in, in not not last year, but the year before. And then last year, we had a second place finish. So, um, we, we've had some success in it, but we've had some success maybe despite um, the regional system. So, um, you know, right now uh, the, the regions are for the past four years, the regions have been about 18 teams deep out here in the East. We have three three eastern regions that were around 18 teams. Um, the Western regions were all smaller, um, and specifically um, the uh, West regional um, had listed 12 teams, um, although for um, the past two or three years, Marinanta Baptist Bible has not even had a team, but they somehow maintained um, a, a spot in the in the listing of regionals to make it look like there was 12 teams there. Um, so instead, there were 11, but... Um, the, N- the NCAA Championships Committee, each of the past two years, um, set a precedent. Um, I was told by people who represent the NCAA that um, it was not a policy, but it was a- an attempt to um, to maintain some level of uh, balance and number. Um, and in the last two years, they've shifted teams in each of the eastern um, regionals out as far as the, the Midwest regional, um, and so to, and the, the what we were told at the time is they were going to do everything they could to keep regions at a maximum number of 18 teams, um, and then uh, this year for some reason when they decided to not go with the uh, recommendation from the, the the wrestling committee, the anti-wrestling committee um, for division three, they decided not to go with that recommendation. They also decided to stop the Precedented um, procedure of shifting teams to keep teams below the, the number of 18. So, um, as it stands, the, the um, regional alignment that was published, you know, a little over a week ago, um, told us that there are going to be 19 teams in the Northeast, the East, and the Mideast east region. Um, while there are going to be only 11 teams in the, the West region, 15 teams in the central region and 17 teams in the Midwest region. Um, so, I mean, how it affects the teams out East. Well, I mean, we're going through, uh, you know, a meat grinder of a tournament, um, just to qualify some people to nationals. And, uh, you know, when you're dealing with you know, 18 other teams and some good ones, and it's not like that, you know, it's a, it's not like this an easy walk in the park of, you know, wrestling the little sisters of the poor or something, but, uh, we're we're dealing with eighteen other teams who even some of the programs that uh you know may not be powerhouse programs. You know, in our region we have a, a school uh who's who's been up and coming Washington and Jefferson who um you know wouldn't, wouldn't be considered a powerhouse but they had two all Americans last year. So they you know there there's individuals on every team that are, you know, tough and, and battling and, and making it really, really hard for an East Coast team to qualify, the numbers necessary to get the nationals to nationals to really compete for a national title, um, and and you know while in the the west region last year there was a weight class that had seven seven people in the weight class and three the top three um, went went to the nationals. When I showed the, the regional alignment to uh, my athletic director, um, who doesn't you know he didn't didn't uh, know a bunch about the power uh, structure of all the different teams in the in Division three wrestling, but but he could look at this. Piece of paper where there's 19 teams on three on, on the the right hand side of the paper, and all the way to the left hand side of the paper, there's a list of 12 teams, one of which doesn't even have wrestling anymore. Um, he he just looked at it and said, "This is how could this be fair? How can anybody look at this and think that this is is balanced or fair in any way?" Um, and even you know to what the NTA says are some of their um I you know their ideology of access to championships and things like that. So. So um, it definitely negatively affects um, teams out east. We're, we're we're going through a tougher tournament two weeks before the nationals um, to get just to get guys qualified out there.
1: Now, Tony, a lot of the 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 fingers are being pointed to the West Region and uh, Augsburg specifically. So, uh, from where you sit, uh, as far as access to championships, you know, Augsburg won a national title and Hershey with you know bringing a lot of people through the West Region. Uh, what's your perspective on all this, and and do you have a different angle? or attitude on on how Augsburg is seeing this regional alignment situation.
3: Yeah, for us, you know, we obviously we're just trying to perform our best at the regional tournament and the national tournament. Um yeah, we we did have do have some fewer teams currently. Um but I don't think it needs to be equal number of teams to have the t- easiest trip to the national tournament. You know, if we want to look at number of all Americans per regional or different ways of looking at quality, you know, it's really the central region and the Midwest region who have had the toughest roads to the national championships. So I don't think it's necessarily only looking at number of teams. I think there's a balance there uh, between, obviously, geography, uh, quality, and number of teams. But, you know, if, if the goal of the regional system is to send the best wrestlers to the national championships, I have a tough time seeing how an even number of teams accomplishes that.
0: So I, I'll say, first of all, that some some of that um – some of that uh, verbiage is just inaccurate. Um, the, the the Northeast region a couple years ago um, was either first or second in All-Americans. Um, last year we were second in All-Americans in the Mid-East region. To say that well the Central and the and the Midwest are the toughest that's just not it's not statistically accurate. Secondly, I will say is like we're not talking about um, just numerically making everything the exact same. We're talking about one region having 11 teams. And one region having 19 teams. And, and the implication there, or the inference there is that, well, the teams in the, the Mideast or the, the East region aren't as top, and that's why there's 19 of them. That's just not true. The, the, teams in the, in, in, you look at the national rankings, you look at the number of all Americans, you can look at any, you know, any statistic you want. Um, and that's even if we're, if we are going for that, which I, I agree with. I tend to agree with, we want the best kids at nationals, but not everybody agrees with that. Um but if we if we are looking at that then those those statistics um quoted are, are just kind of washed over quickly there just aren't accurate. Um and, and then the other thing I'll say is if that is the the aim is to balance them in power, then how can anybody look at the West region right now and say that there's any semblance of balance of power because not only is it the smallest region It is the weakest region by every standard measured. It is the weakest region by number of all Americans in the regional system. It's the weakest region by ranked teams in the regional system. Even the teams that in the beginning of the regionals were more powerful at the time have fallen off. You know, the power is going to wax and wane. It's going to come and go. But but in the last three years, there have not been powerful teams in the West. So to, to make those statements about balancing power as a defense of some skewed system of 11 teams in the West region where there's 19 in the three Eastern regions. It's It's just not a fair representation of what is actually the case right now.
1: I'm gonna jump in with a couple a couple notes here and I'm talking with JP Williams and, and getting some research on this. Uh the twelve minimum, eighteen maximum, and, and uh Coach Brunk, you kind of alluded to this. This just kind of validates that point. It's never been written, it's not a criteria, it's an idea, it's more of a preference uh because the first year of this there were only eleven teams in the West Region. Uh and well, that's and, not
0: true. There are twelve teams in the West Region. I looked it up last year. Okay,
1: okay, well that's just just the information I'm getting. And then uh, we're getting into the, 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 issue about power, uh, to me as a wrestling fan and, and, looking at it, uh, that's, that's cyclical. Whereas we can have, you know, we can have teams, years where, like in the Northeast, Roger Williams goes 21 and 1 in duels or years where they're 5 and 11. So, I mean, I think the power argument, uh, really only centers around two teams that have been consistently in the top you know, 10 for the last decade and a half. Of course, that's Wartburg and Augsburg. But my question now, I guess, for for Tony is looking at how the regional aspects, of the the new teams are added. I'm looking just straight geography here. Uh, Nebraska Wesleyan, member of the Iowa Conference, the most Western team in Division three, with the exception of Pacific. And, I mean, we're looking at maybe the line here between uh, Concordia-Moorhead and Lincoln-Nebraska. But uh, w- would it make sense that when, when you're going to add teams that, uh geography play. You know, I I think Nebraska Wesleyan probably should have been added to the West. How do we uh, we look at things like that and be like, well, that? How do we make sense of that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, geography obviously is a huge part of uh, deciding where teams go. You know, uh, I assume Nebraska Wesleyan, I guess, was added because they were part of the Iowa Conference, but they could have just as easily been put in the West. Uh, and I don't want to make. I'm not trying to make the case that we don't need regional alignment. We're in support of regional alignment. Um, but even when Coach was talking about um, the quality, you know, and saying that my numbers weren't legitimate, you know, if we look at All-Americans under these systems, so from or 2013 to 2016 is how long we've had these regionals, the top All-American performing region is the Midwest with 68 All-Americans, the Central with 67, and then we get to the East with 57 out of the Mid East. 49 out of the Northeast, and 48 out of the East, right? And, yeah, the West has had 31. We aren't making an argument that the West doesn't deserve that to add some teams. We're more concerned with the process of how all this went down. Every sport in NCAA Division three has representation from every region at the championships committee, with the exception of wrestling, Right. So the West region and the Midwest weren't represented. And, and that doesn't mean necessarily that they couldn't come up with a good proposal. What was concerning to me was kind of the lack of transparency. You know, I was there at the national tournament when one of the NCAA committee members stood up and said there is no transparency in the NCAA. They don't need to give any information about the regional process. And there are a lot of upset coaches out there. And I think part of it is because we don't know what the criteria for determining regions are. Is it based just on geography? Is it supposed to be an even number of teams? Is it based on power? I think if there was a criteria put out there, we could have a more level conversation about how to best put those criteria into action. Um, So that's where, you know, we just had a big issue with the process, not necessarily which teams moved where.
1: Coach Anderson, I understand you've also got situational representation.
2: Yeah, I'll touch on that one. You know, and, and one thing, Tony, too, If you guys say that Augsburg and your camp and um, your AD are for regional realignment, then you should have voted in favor of it, and you voted against it. Um, So that's that's a head-scratcher for me. If you're really saying that's true, you voted against it, not for it. When you say that you're not represented, and the West is the only region that's barking that story, uh, there's not a coach in the Midwest, and according to what you guys are saying or the loophole that you guys are using – that we don't have a voice. We have four wrestling committee members that I know all you guys know, and you knew you could access them at any time. When this regional system went in place by Jeff Swanson as the driver, there were only four representations or four people on that committee then. Nobody was barking then, you know. So it doesn't hold water that you guys weren't represented, the West wasn't represented, The West has not participated in voting, uh, voted against it when they have voted for it. So it's tough to buy that. And, you know, my question is, is how you look at this or how Augsburg stands on this uh, for the West since you're on the call is can you honestly look at what we're currently going into for the 2016-2017 season and say that this is best for D3 wrestling and that it's a fair system?
3: So again, no, I, I'm not making that argument that that we don't need regional changes. We voted no to the proposal that was put forward, right? So that was one specific proposal, and even the survey, right? So there's a lot of flaws in how this survey went out, right? They at the NWCA convention, they uh, one of the committee members are going in, quoted was saying that the Wyatt commissioner wanted all the Wisconsin schools to stay together in one region, right? When that Wyatt commissioner was contacted, he had never been asked about that question and he wasn't in support. So I think there were just a lot of things that went down that skewed the results of that survey. You know, and again, if we got that survey last year after the convention, when we knew we were going into this regional alignment year, I think we could have got a lot of input. I think it was rushed and after the proposals were put in and it was just used to try to validate what was being put forward you know a one question survey is a tough indicator of what the opinions of all of division three wrestling coaches are
1: so let me jump in on this real quick brian uh, is that uh, i did this is in what, what tony was saying i did contact the uh the commissioner of of the wyak uh, gary carter and he actually did validate what tony was saying is that uh the, the wyak never uh has a, they did not have a stance on where the regional alignment fell with their wrestling program. So I just want to jump in with I did confirm that that was the case with the WIAC, so go ahead.
2: Sure. Um, and you were referring to the second survey, correct, Tony? Correct. Correct. Well, the first one stands pretty strong. Um, I got that information from the NCAA and out of the people that participated, and this was not after the fact – It wasn't proposed. Uh, The the Wrestling Championship Committee, they had a week after we voted on this, after the NCAA um, convention in August, 107 voters, 70 were head coaches, 31 ADs, six conference commissioners, 73 voted in favor. That's 68.2%. So I I feel like it was vetted. It was supported. um, Nearly 70% of our body voted in favor of a regional alignment. And that was well after we got this information in front of us at the convention. We had time to think about it. We had time to vote on it. You didn't have to be at the convention to to, uh, put your two cents in on what is good for wrestling, whether it's a regional that wasn't represented by somebody on that committee, just like the Midwest is. Um, So, you know, the second one was to more reconfirm how many people were in support. And even that one uh, 46 said yes, six said no, and I know a lot of people held off because of how much has been spinning in the last week since this horrible decision went down.
1: All right, I'm going to jump in here and and kind of explain some things with with the questions about the committee. And uh, according to this, uh, I guess Coach Brunk, Coach Anderson, you can kind of correct me on my timelines if I'm off here. Uh, back in April, it appeared that that this is uh, it, it became clear that the, the the representation issue came up in the Championships committee uh, claimed that they wanted to add uh, they wanted every region to be to be balanced. So uh, that was tabled. And then we get into the support for this and then that the committee chairman won't uh, or that that committee will not have the full six until September of uh, 17 and 18. Where, uh, according to the NCAA, that be, even before that, though, those committee members will have active voting rights. So Coach uh, coach Anderson, I guess, uh, or Coach Brunk, would, is that scenario to where that uh, would they get the committee members in? OK, and we're looking at a situation where, OK, maybe this is just a one year thing and we can fix it for next year. Uh, what do you hear about that timeline and, and things that say, OK, uh seventeen, eighteen committee members in, they're going to be uh, available to vote immediately September 1. Uh, timelines, this is going to be pretty tight. I guess I'll throw it to Coach Brunk first.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of my big concerns with this, um, is that
1: in the meantime, we've
0: halted a practice of shifting teams westward. What looks like, it smells like, it smells rotten, it smells like that somebody from the West is blocking even a shift of teams westward because they would have to go into the West region at this point. Um, so that when we block that or stop that practice that we've, that we've carried out for the last couple of years to keep or some semblance of bounds. Um and then when we hear that well it's gonna you know, we're gonna appoint these committee members in you know September one, two thousand seventeen, the worry for me is, is is that somebody did a good job of, of blocking things for two more years, um so it won't be this year or next year. And I and I'm and I don't know that to be true and uh and you know I'm I'm certainly um hopeful that that wouldn't be true but that's what it that's what it seems like to me and and that's certainly one of the things i'm very worried about is that um somebody in the west bought themselves two more years of of imbalance of something that is um com- completely unjust and, and unfair
1: now as as again as i asked jp williams about some of these protocols and orders um the way it seems like is that those memberships will be available uh those member committee members will be at least votable so um, at least it looks like in theory that this uh, this could be voted on again next year. Again, I don't know the NCAA protocols on this because uh, we've got committees, we got the wrestling committee, we have got the championships committee. And just for those listening to understand, the championships committee uh, consists of, I uh, believe, ten members. Uh, it involves administrators, coaches, and students' uh, representation. And at each each level has its own. And I, I guess Brian, uh, one of the points being made, and and Tony, I think this one also falls again on the West Region, is that the chairman of that committee is an athletic director with at a school without wrestling but it's uh, it's about an hour south of Augsburg in Minnesota so um t- first for Tony, you can understand how that might um you know put put a cloud over what's going on with with a Minnesota school being involved and i just want to get your statement on uh the the relationship And you know is that you know trueness false sir i mean that's kind of one of these things that that Augsburg's been kind of charged with
3: well, again, I, I don't think this is a D3 Championships Committee issue, right? If if we're making the argument that one individual <laughs> could impact the decision-making of the Division 3 Championships Committee that's making decisions on all sports and could sway them to make a decision that wouldn't be in favor of the best interest of Division 3 wrestling, you know, that's a pretty bold claim uh, to claim that that committee has been influenced wrongfully. You know and and th- th- I think again, it's more of an issue of the process and representation more than anything else
0: can i can I ask them why why have they halted the practice of the temporary fix that they've given us for the last three years has been to shift some teams over when when we're adding so many teams out east that our that our regions get to, to nineteen teams? The, the you know again it's not a policy but it has been a precedent set that every other year they're going to shift some teams over. Why in the world was that temporary fix not a not a realignment? It was not a set in stone that it would stay this way realignment, but a temporary fix to an imbalance. Why in the world was that halted this year?
3: When I look at it, I think it's interesting. You know, again, there's a lot of claims coming at the west right the central region added two new programs which was already the strongest performing all-american region over the last 4 years yet they moved zero programs out of the central region so um again i don't think they did just move a team in and move a team out i don't think that was the practice they used i, I you know to me it looked like teams were kind of picked specifically to move based on other things rather than just moving a team in
0: no, that's not true. That's not true. And we were, told, yeah. we were told the last three years by the people from the championships committee that they were, they were going to be trying to keep regions below a maximum of 18 teams and above a minimum of 12 teams. That's what we were told for the last three years. When they moved Wilkes into my region last year, they moved Ohio Northern out. It was, and it was because a team had added in the, in the east or the northeast or whatever that moved the team there. Every time a team added, what we were told verbatim is that when a team, when a, when a region is, uh, goes over 18, because the team added, that we are going to shift in an attempt to keep regions below 18. And my question is, if that's the case, then why stop attempting? If you're gonna, if if it's something we were going to just try to do, then why did we stop trying this year? Because it would have, because no matter what. It would have moved teams out to the west because if we just shift them to the Midwest this year, the Midwest is then going to go over 18 teams, and so some teams would have had to be shifted to the West region. And uh, I mean, I have not heard a good answer yet about why that practice was stopped. And uh, it is not; it was not strategic. We want this team that there was that would that would be realignment, and we were told all along for four years that there'll be no realignment for four years. This was a shifting of teams only because of new teams adding to, as they told us, to try to keep regions below 18 teams.
1: Now, Coach Anderson, I want to interject here. If, you know, what Coach Brunk's pointing out, and we've already uh, said that I've heard from the NCAA that that's never been a criteria. What can be done? Uh, I want to talk more about solutions as we uh, obviously there's been a lot of, uh, you know, discussion and dissension amongst this, but as far as solutions go to what we can do to fix the issue as a sport or what uh, those proponents of realignment can do to, to change this. Uh, I think everybody's a proponent for realignment. It's just a a varying degree of it. But uh, so to get the, the 18 minimum or 18 maximum through, is that something that the NWCA side, the division three wrestling committee has to propose to get this thing actually in writing? Because if I'm doing the math and the way we're adding programs, uh, it's it, we got to get up to 108 teams before the 18 thing is blown out the window. We're like at 103 right now. So Uh, Not a whole lot of room to we're eventually going to go past 18. But what, what can be done from a wrestling standpoint to introduce new legislation to say, all right, we want this to be written in stone so we don't have this situation occur again?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, I know the NWCA is trying to form basically their own regional represent reps uh from all six regions um just in an attempt to get to get more uh information from all regions since the west is claiming that they're not represented. Um so that's first off, and that's from the NWCA. Um they can their their plan there is to get um good information from all the regions to the wrestling committee basically proposals or information to them so that we have a voice because that was part of the championships committee um, and what they were saying. And basically what I call a runaround, uh, they basically, the championship committee ran our wrestling committee around in circles um, through this process from 2015 until now. Um, You know, they say we're not represented, but they say that after they say no to giving us two representation, two more reps, Uh, Then they say, we don't have any feedback. We come back 70% strong on a realignment. They say, no. So they, they ran us in a circle. They say, no, we follow up. Our wrestling committee, I feel, they did what they were supposed to do. They did nothing more than when Jeff Swanson chaired that committee when regionals first came out. I can remember sitting in that business meeting before the national championships that year, and they basically dropped what, at that point, he said, this is what the regionals could look like. And then all of a sudden, without any feedback from any coaches, and we didn't have more than four reps at that time, they were locked into place. And we've been in this horrible system since on the imbalance and the protection of the West. So, you know, for us to move forward on this, we got to get the right people in there. And I'm with Bronk on a lot of ways that what he was talking about is it smells bad. It smells really bad. And whether it's coming from the championship committee, being influenced, coaches calling in, I mean, I know that confidential material was leaked during this process. When our final proposal was put in front of the championship committee, JP Williams was contacted by multiple regionals with arguments against this proposal. So that, that, that stuff should never happen. So to get that, we got to get the right people, and we got to get people that are not in it for themselves. They're in it for Division III wrestling and for the student athletes that compete so hard to get to that national tournament. So I think what the NWCA is doing is good because you will bring a voice, and that's one uh, loophole that the championship committee put out there and ran them, ran them in circles. So, one, they won't be able to say that again. Two, got to get two new reps – that truly have a good head on their shoulders for the greater good of the entire D3 wrestling sport. If we can do that and we get our ducks in a row, according to J.P. Williams, there will be meetings before September 1 so that we can so we can vote right away so that this can't go two more years unless again, you know, corruption sets in. So hopefully that's the that's the plan and and. Everybody can truly come together again. What I said is, I've never seen so many coaches come together um, to fight something in our sport since I've been a college coach, and it's good. It's good that this stuff is getting vented out because it needs to stop.
1: I'm going to also bring up another point as far as that timeline goes, and and again, the research that I've dug up is around the same time. Uh, the big topic in Division Three was getting the additional qualifiers because we were see- we had uh, unbalanced brackets. At to divisions three championship, some weights would have you know up to twenty because of the way the old historical data and the wild cards work per region. And ultimately, it seemed that at that time what I'm hearing is there was unanimous support to get the additional qualifiers to the 180. Uh, I guess, Coach. Uh, I guess we can go with uh, Tony. You weren't there uh, in terms of coaching at the time, so I'll go with uh, with Coach Brunk on this one. Like, uh, do you think that that kind of maybe uh, put that the emphasis on getting to 180? Was more important at the time than getting a regionals that maybe had had set this four years thing in motion. Be like, well, let's get the 180. We'll figure the regionals thing out later.
0: Absolutely true. Um, we were um, presented uh, with a, a plan to advance Division Three wrestling um, to get more qualifiers total for our group um, to comply with the NCAA and eliminate historical data. Um, which you know, which brings up a whole other argument about um evaluating power and, and how you do that. Um but but we were told um you know the NCAA did not does, does not still want championships that uh include the idea of historical data uh in their in their qualification system. Um so we were we were told that A will be making the NCAA happy. Um and you know that um you know some of the some of the politicking and some of the um bathroom deals that that happened in the, the wildcard meetings with you know, people deciding together which coaches would vote for each other's kids to be wildcards, um, but became a bit political in giving your guys the nationals. I was super happy to get rid of them, where we could then, um, you know, just have a, a qualification by, um, by by merit, by by finishing in the top three. Um, so yeah, we were presented with a system that that it seemed like a good idea at the time, and, and would advance us. And we were told we're going to be locked into this. Alignment
1: for four years, and then we'll be able to reevaluate. Coach Anderson, how do how do you recall the timeline
2: of when regionals first came about? Some um, question.
1: Well, with the with the one hundred and eighty and the regionals kind of coming down the pipe. Oh,
2: sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. That was the drive. I mean, that was the that was the carrot that was dangled in front of everybody. And for, and, and I'm with Brunk too as well. I mean, those wild card meetings were brutal. Um, you know, the wild card meeting alone, and so, sometimes and. You know, for one kid, if there was only one spot in that regional or that qualifier, I mean, it it could it could take two hours to debate who who gets that one spot. So, sure, that was that was much better. But again, what I was referencing too is when we first went to this system. We didn't have coaches' feedback. We didn't have regional representation from all six regions. So to hear the runaround from the championship committee and the West saying they're not represented in this whole process that we're in right now, it's crazy to me because we didn't have it when we first started this, so why do we need it now? You know, We didn't have a voice the first time the teams were set into these regionals. We didn't have it this time, but we did. Ultimately, when they made the final proposal, we did have our feedback, we did have have the information in front of us, and we did have a strong voice because we came in at almost 70% in favor. So, you know, it, it's, it's like a, a dirty game that we've been playing. But, you know, for sure, I totally agree. 20 more kids in the national tournament. That's great. I hope the way D3 wrestling is growing. Once we hit about 120, we should be to that point where we're going to get more qualifiers as well. But you know, I'm, I want to go back to, you know, the shifting of teams. That's another, you know, a pretty smelly situation because we we are the same way. In the last two years, 2015, 2016, new programs came in, teams shifted in all regionals except for the West. This year, championship committee, whether influenced or that's really their decision, only new teams came in. Where did they come in? They came into every single regional except for the West. Their proposal, two years running now from our wrestling committee, was to shift Wisconsin schools over to the West. It was blocked both years. So, you know, coaches around the country are joking it's the Swanson sports field, but maybe they're not too far off because it's ironic that all five regionals can be affected every year there's a change or a new program, Except for the West, and it's the smallest, weakest regional in the country
1: again, moving towards the the discussion about the solutions, Tony, when you look at it coming wrestling through Augsburg, now coaching there, and then there's the discussion where again, it's kind of hard to argue that logically it would make sense for the uh, the three u w schools that are in the other region to move over to the West just by sheer geography and join. You know, Platteville, Eau Claire, uh, that are in that mix. And what is your solution to this? I mean, when we get through uh, the, the 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 red tape that is committees and such, what do you ultimately want to see? Not just for you as a wrestling person, but for for Augsburg to make uh, to to find a solution to to our quandary here.
3: Again, yeah, I haven't crunched a lot of numbers or looked at specific schools for moving it. Again, I've been more concerned, like I've been saying, about the process. I think once we have a representative who can voice, you know, our opinions on the matter as well, as far as the West region goes, um, you know, I think we can come up with a a solution that, you know, more than 68 percent will be an approval of. You know, that's still a third of the country, basically, um, that wasn't in support of of that, um, which is a lot more than just the West Regional. So I think getting everyone represented and and coming up with a solution and criteria, again, I still think the big thing is communicating to all the coaching body what the criteria for determining regionals are. Are we doing uh, numerical balance? Are we doing power? Are we doing geography? You know, how do those things come into play when determining which schools to put in which region?
1: Yeah, and I want to bring up the point that another thing that, that seems to be coming up, and again, with uh, what we've learned about the the the, WIAC, the Wisconsin Conference, is that um, they they allegedly said, uh, you know, the word was that they were. They wanted all their teams together. Again, I heard from the commissioner that they didn't. Uh, I haven't heard about the Iowa Conference, although uh, information I'm getting is that conference uh, is kind of back and forth. We're talking 5-4 in terms of votes of so whether or not they all want to be together or should they split because their their conference championship is determined by duels and uh, uh, Coach Brunk. I guess in, in your side of the country, you've got probably more teams uh, that you see in your all sports conferences. I mean, what is the the idea from what you understand of conference commissioners and such? That do we need to be together with our conference teams in qualifiers, or is that something that that, that really doesn't matter anymore because we're at regionals?
0: I could tell you my opinion, and I can tell you it's like you know the scuttlebutt that I hear. Um, I, I believe that there are conferences that desire to be together. And I think that there are conferences that, that you know, don't. And, uh, but, but I don't think that you can, I think that at some point the championship committee has to say, um, you know, that, that this is too complicated to keep conferences together. Are we going to be balanced in any which way? Um, power, geography number, are we going to be balanced or not? And uh, right now, I mean, right now, there are many conferences that are split up. The CCIW is split up. The OAC is split up. The MAC conference split up, uh, and those are all-sport conferences. Um, and yet, we're—you know—I know that the New England schools really want to stay together, the the NEWA, and that's not even an all-sport conference; it's a it's a wrestling-only conference. Um, but wrestling-only conferences, the Empire is split up. Um, so, um, I, I don't know um, that you're going to make everybody happy there. I think that um, I think that the you know that there is uh, th- some need for some transparency, and there is some need for um, you know, spelling out some criteria. But but I don't believe that you can you can account for conferences staying together if you're going to to go to regionals. The, the regionals have nothing to do with a conference championship. Um all the schools that have a conference championship have a separate tournament or a dual meet criteria throughout the season to determine their conference champions. And then we go to regionals to get to nationals. It's a totally different thing at that point. Um you know so I, I don't believe that um really conference alignments can really have anything to do with um, which regional you're going to be in, um, I think it actually just um, muddies the water a, a bit um, in trying to make fair and balanced regions um, in, in any criteria of fair and balanced.
1: Coach Coach Anderson, you're in a situation where uh, Wabash is in the North Coast Athletic Conference. Not a single member of that conference has a wrestling program except for your school. And you know, where does your opinion lie on how how conferences should or shouldn't be i mean we, we, the New England, as we said uh for those listening, it's 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 like an e w l for those for me with division one it's a wrestling only conference so uh mean right. you, you know that is just sure- geographically uh, New England makes sense to be its own region just because that you know that's the way it's been it it makes sense logically, but where do you stand in terms of the the conference regional uh discussion again having uh known that uh, your school is in an all sports conference where you're the only wrestling member,
2: sure. Um, you know, we've always been, uh, being in that, uh, we've always been in a regional system, so it's not new to Wabash, uh, to be in that system. You know, when you get to the regional, I don't think conferences, whether they want to or not, I don't think that's a necessary thing. I mean, right now, majority of those wrestling conferences are not together. Um, you know, the WIAC commissioner says we don't have to stay together. We're not requesting you to stay together, but lacrosse, wants to go to the West because they drive past the West. Stevens Point adamantly uh, fighting to move to the West because they drive past the West. So, you know, when the when the NCAA or our wrestling committee proposed this proposal out at the convention, um, they did not use historical data. Our, our Our body was up there. They used geography to create competitive balance, so to balance not only the size of them, but to balance the competitiveness of each one. They did it to reduce travel costs of teams like lacrosse and Stevens Point driving past a region to get to another one, miss class time. And then, of course, the biggest skewed number is access to championships um, on the sheet. So, no, I don't think it does. And just like Bronx said, most of those wrestling conferences, they're going to have that decided before that regional anyway. So at that point, now you're focused on getting to the national tournament and the conference stuff has kind of been put to bed.
1: Uh, Tony, kind of, uh, you know, it's illogical to think that the 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 Mayak schools, the four of them, would be broken up by any means. But uh, is there a clause like with what your experience has had with, with other sports with regionals that uh, that the schools uh, we've got Augsburg, Concordia, Moorhead, uh, Saint John's, and Saint Olaf all within the conference that have wrestling programs, even though the, the the MiAC doesn't officially sponsor the sport anymore. You know, what's the conference versus regional take in, in your opinion, and how Augsburg's treated this in the past?
3: Yeah, for me, I think they're totally different. You know, I was part of the Great Lakes Regional when I was wrestling, um, and, you know, we had teams from all over the country between Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and even Oregon. So, uh, you know, to me, I don't think they need to stick together. I think it uh, makes it challenging to draw lines. So I think if you split the conferences up and just went with the regionals, you'd have a better shot at making everybody happy.
1: No, let's stick with you right now. Let's look from a beneficial standpoint. You know, we've heard the talk about what's good for Division Three wrestling. Uh, Wisconsin Lacrosse is the host of this year's Division Three Championships. It's about two and a half hours, depending on traffic, from the Twin Cities. Uh, from your standpoint as a wrestling coach, uh, would would it how much would it benefit Augsburg and the and the Saint Olafs and the Saint Johns and the Concordias and the Pacifics to bring in a program like Wisconsin Lacrosse into the region to make it tougher? I mean, how much would the region benefit with three strong teams coming in?
3: Um, For me, again, I think we want our guys to go through a battle-tested region to get ready for the national tournament. You know, every individual tournament that you wrestle in during the year that's tough helps prepare you for the national tournament. At the same time, you know, obviously we don't want a region that's loaded with more all-American caliber wrestlers um, compared to some of the other regions. So that's where we just want to make sure that, you know, we're putting together regions that get the best wrestlers to the national championships that you can get the best teams to perform the best at the national tournament
1: coach anderson we're again still trying to focus on the solutions here the problem perfect world what happens do you, do you what which regional alignments or models have you seen i know andy vogel's put out a couple that are uh, geographically different that you know people look at me go like, oh, that's cool or oh that's not cool i mean we, we, we get over you say we get to those 120 teams we're gonna get to this battle again with realignment perfect world perfect scenario how do we fix this and and you know what's going to happen this year um you know there's there's this talk about okay well people aren't going to host regionals i mean how can we avoid the doomsday scenario and and find something that's that's formidable uh, i understand that uh, the only way that we can get a championships committee to come back is the the presidents uh, to to basically write letters here so uh, you know what's what's your solution sure. here
2: sure um you know for this year i i i hope that uh, the championship committee comes to their senses and, and really looks back at this um, especially with all the noise that's being made right now. And like you said, I mean, if we start having regional hosts back out of hosting and things like that, is that good for the sport? No, it's not. But, but the corruption in this has brought that upon our sport and we got to work through it now. And a lot of things are on the table, you know, perfect scenario. I don't know, but, there's a lot of good ideas out there. You know, when this first regional plan came out four years ago, D3 wrestling has always typically followed the model of division one D2 is kind of out there on their own, but we have always typically followed. And that's why I hesitated to really jump on board with regionals. I thought we could do the same thing as what D1 did, let them have a go at it for a year or two. Let's see how it works for them. And then let's follow. And that's typically what we've done in the past. And I know a lot of coaches are chambering about the RPI system and things like that. Other coaches are mentoring, you know, regions that have, you know, whether it's based on a little bit of power, number of teams, does, it, does a region like the West, which is in over the four-year statistics, uh, the weakest on power, uh, lowest on numbers, do they get less qualifiers? You know, maybe they only get two a weight class and the, the stronger, better regionals. And with more teams, they get more qualifiers. Is that fair and just? Maybe. Um, but I would like to look at the RPI system. I think it will work for D3. You know, when it, when that was first being discussed, a lot of coaches were like, well, there's no way we can, we can get out and touch everybody so that we can make that system work. I think any system that you put into play, just like when the regionals were put into play, Good coaches are going to reach out, and they're going to make sure that they they hit all that competition before that regional competition goes. And I think if we went to an RPI system, it would do the same things, and I know we'd get the best wrestlers at the D3 tournament. Which right now, I don't believe that we are.
1: Coach Brunk, same question here.
0: Yeah, I would uh, I would strongly support an RPI system um, because you know, like, and actually, you know, I would support anything that just looks fair. Um, and, and nobody, nobody can take a look at that um, sheet of, of regionals right now. Um, and, and even if they are provided with all of the data, nobody can look at it and say that there's any semblance of fairness. Um, yeah. And so when you have uh, you have uh, one team that um, you know, has uh, benefited greatly over the last four years from an unfair system um, – well, then, it's no question that there's hesitancy to to change that system, and to um, you know, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit to the idea that, that that you wouldn't want to have a regional that's loaded up with more all-American caliber wrestlers because you know that's what that's what many of us have been dealing with for the past four years, um, and so the idea that that you wouldn't want that, well, no kidding, because that's how you get ten guys to nationals every year, um, but uh, you know semblance of fairness. You know, if if there is if there is a spelled out criteria for why we're putting the regionals how they're doing it and, and there's transparency to why we're doing it and everybody knows how it's going and and, and there is a semblance on any on any criteria of fairness, um, I would accept it. Um in my ideal world it would be an RPI system where because I, I believe in um, I love wrestling. We wrestle anybody, anytime. We, we, we enjoy the challenge, um, and I believe that you go out there and you, you let your um, credentials for that season speak for themselves. Um, and then, then it doesn't matter um, what the balance in the regionals are because if there's an RPI system, uh, much like in Division One, if there's a weak region, well, then only the champions go in that region. Um, and if there's a strong region like the Big Ten, I mean, you practically go to Nationals if you're a starter in the Big Ten. Um, because of the strength of, of their, um, their their teams, and, and they've proven that strength through a competitive season. Um, so, if we did an RPI, I just want to make sure again that there was a just really um, objective standards for um, earning the the points and and um, determining the number of qualifiers per weight per region. Um, and and those, 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 anything like that would be uh, would be my ideal.
1: Yeah, I think we get we can go down the RPI rabbit hole for for hours in this rate because that's that's what they did at Division One. I. I think the only loser in the RPI situation would be what what's Pacific going to do way out there because they're like, um, hey guys, we're out here. But uh, as we finish up, I'm going to go back to Tony and you know, perfect world for you. What do we got?
3: Yeah, we'd be fully in support of an RPI as well. You know, again, I think reward teams for tough competition schedules. Um, you know, I think the national duels having 24 teams in it gives a lot more crossover for division three wrestling. Um, And you can at least wrestle wrestlers who wrestled at the national tournament. And obviously, you know, there's just a lot of emotion here, you know, again, never once did, you know, I make the case uh, that the West region shouldn't add any teams that have more all Americans, right? You know, I know sometimes emotion can get high, but we just want a fair process and system for doing it, whether it's an RPI, whether it's everyone represented. We're fully in support of regional realignment. We weren't in support of the regions that were put forward, um, and we just want a fair process so that we can, you know, get the best wrestlers to the national tournament. All
1: right, going to leave the final word with Coach Anderson uh, because he's simply the tallest of all of us on the call, and uh, probably got the the sweetest beard. Although I'm actually kind of working on one myself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. oh yeah okay Bronk. i haven't seen you in a while but uh coach anderson yo, you can't you can't argue that he's not the tallest so uh coach anderson you're towering over all of us uh the floor is yours
2: well i just appreciate having on i think i think getting our uh this out in the open even more than what has happened in the last you know seven ten days um i think it was a big blow to everybody and the way even that we it was announced on that friday um it came late in the day. It was almost like how you get rid of somebody off your staff. You fire them on a Friday. And that's how the news kind of came out. So I think it's really good that voices are coming out and, and people are really putting it out there, whether it's their emotions are high. Um, you know, they're cool headed. They're collected. They're they're putting their, their opinions out there. And again, like I said a couple of times in this show, it, it's awesome to me that it, that this many coaches are rallying together to fight for something that's fair. Um you know, and I hope we win. I truly do for this season, not waiting for another season or two seasons because that's, that's not, it's just unjust. So, um, you know, hopefully something could come out of this season. You know, I'm praying for it and, you know, hopefully moving past this season, if it doesn't happen, we're going to, we're going to set things straight and and really get a good direction going for division three wrestling.
1: Been a spirited discussion, a great discussion, and a healthy discussion here on the Ice Hour D three Wrestling Podcast. I'd like to thank our our guest assistant coach uh, right down the road from me at Augsburg, Tony Valak, and head coach at Wallbash, Brian Anderson, head coach at Messiah College, Brian Brunk. For more information, obviously there's there's ways to keep a hold of this. I know Andy Vogel at D3Wrestle.com is gonna have a lot of information. Uh, we'll visit this topic throughout the course of the year with coaches that we have on this show at MattTalkOnline.com. So for all our panel And uh, it's just going to be a fun year for D3 Wrestling. Remember, the Nationals in lacrosse, one of the most fun towns in the world. We'll see you in March, but we'll see you back next time here on the Ice Hour.